Well, hello everyone. It's good to see you. Good to be here in the Lord. Um, I don't know if you read the Old Testament much. I just love the Old Testament. I love the narratives of the Old Testament because I always liked a story. And the Bible's full of stories. And they're not yarns. They're factual accounts of God's dealings with people. I'm going to read a chapter from the Old Testament now and we'll talk about it for a wee while. Um, it's 2 Samuel chapter 9. If you've got the Old Testament with you, um, a lot of folk don't bother with the Old Testament. But um, Being a New Testament Christian is like breathing with one lung. And God has given us the two testaments. The old is in the new revealed. The new is in the old concealed. What is patent and latent in the Old Testament becomes patent in the new. So we'll read Second Samuel 9. And you need your teeth in for this one. David and Mephibosheth. Uh, David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? King asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodibar. So David, King David had him brought from Lodibar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth! Your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely, surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at the king's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the servants of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet <laughs> you know what on earth is that to do with today 
and it's quite a lot to do with today it's a one-off narrative to Samuel 9 it's a cameo incident of kindness and it's a parable of God's grace in the lives of all and sundry and I've got three simple points and you won't go to sleep so I'll keep shouting if you're waking up okay first of all remembering promises David remembered his promise I mean I went back to 1 Samuel 20 and 42 because David was very friendly with Jonathan the son of Saul 1 Samuel 20 and verse 42 Jonathan said to David go in peace for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord saying the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever then David left and Jonathan went back (coughs) to the town and 2 Samuel 1 after the battle of Gilboa there's mourning at the death of Saul and the death of Jonathan and David says how the mighty have fallen in battle verse 25 of 2 Samuel 1 Jonathan lies slain in your heights I grieve for you Jonathan my brother you are very dear to me your love for me was wonderful more wonderful than that of women how the mighty have fallen the weapons of war have perished now the thing is this when you work out if you do your sums on these passages what you discover is David reigned at Hebron for seven and a half years and then he reigned over all Israel for several more years and Jonathan's son Mephibosheth he had a young son named Micah and when you add all the sums up it was over 20 years since David made his promise now the Bible is about making and keeping promises there's the old covenant and the new covenant you could call them the old promise and the new promise of God's working in our lives Um, it's like marriage Um, the old marriage, the new marriage Um, but some folk think it's just a bit of paper there was a film called Out of Africa I don't know if any of you saw it Robert Redford and Meryl Streep and he says do you think I will love you more because of a bit of paper well the bit of paper guarantees the stability rather than the intensity of the love relationship and David didn't excuse himself he could have said oh it's a long time ago (laughs) you can't hold me to that now or he could have said times change and so do demands how dare you make such demands on me that I should look after this boy Um, or he could say now I'm now in different relationships with different demands Um, you can't hold me to old promises now once we've come to God we've made a promise to him that will give him our lives and sometimes we remember our promises I was conducting a wedding service and there was a man uh, sitting beside his wife at the end of a row she had a wheelchair 
and uh, he said to me after the service do you know what I was doing while you were conducting the wedding service he, I said tell me he said I was renewing my vows to this lady that I made 16 years ago and this is wonderful that God's standards don't change there's a poet, an American poet called Robert Frost and he wrote a book about the woods he wrote a poem about the woods in winter and he said the woods are lovely and very deep but I have many promises to keep and many miles to go before I sleep I think the meaning of that was when you look at all the things in the world there's so much that can take up our attention so much things that can amuse us so much leisure we can indulge in Um, but he says the woods are lovely they're very attractive, they're very alluring they would draw us off the purpose that God has for our lives he said the woods are lovely and very deep but I have many promises to keep and many miles to go before I sleep and so having brought ourselves into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ we have commitments we have promises and God's standards don't change when a boy comes in the congregation one Sunday we have promised in this fellowship today have been keeping their promises to God that they will serve him whatever happens and you get into the oddest situations but you've made promises and you've got to keep them before God God's standards don't change so that's point one remember our promise there was some day in our life when we made promises to God and there are things in our relationships as Christians too that we've made promises to one another and quite often we forget the promises that we've made and God wants to bless us as we keep our promises the second point is this considering names now some of us have odd names and nicknames and here's some wonderful names in this passage David, Dawid means beloved the beloved you know it says in the bible David was a man after God's own heart you're after God's own heart he loves you and he wants to spread it out with other folk like Bradley today he wants him to be one of his beloveds and we'll do everything you'll do everything you can to influence him towards Jesus that's part of the promise and that's part of the name yeah, because the Lord Jesus you know he's called in Matthew 3.17 my son whom I love the Lord Jesus is the well beloved son and David in the Old Testament was a beloved in a whole lot of ways he was a beloved leader he united the nation he defeated the Philistines he formed a standing army of mercenary troops he started the civil service in Israel he prepared for the temple for Solomon to build the temple God used him tremendously and you know God can use you and God wants you to fulfill the promise you've given him 
when you first went to him. He prepared for all these things. And we consider our names Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth means hero of shame. Because what happened was when the Jews were slipping away from God, quite often uh, instead of uh, calling themselves a name that was linked to God, they used a name that was linked to Baal, the the false cult of Baal, which was a fertility cult. And so he would be called originally Mephi Baal. Mephi Baal, the hero of Baal. But if they came back to God, then they substituted a word for Baal, and it was Bosheth, which means shame. Instead of being the hero of Baal, he was a hero of shame. And that's what we were all like before Jesus met with us. We were covered with shame. We used to sing guilty, vile and helpless we spotless lamb of God was he full atonement can it be hallelujah what a saviour we were helpless guilty vile alienated from God by wicked works dead in trespasses and sins and here's a you could save a useless cripple practically speaking how, how can God bless us an outcast and where is he he's in Lodibar Lodibar means nothing no thing Lodibar no thing and that's what we're like till God meets with us we're non-entities without God we're useless wasters you know I remember saying to a boy at school he was he was hopeless reader, I wouldn't ever get him to read in front of the class and when he wrote across the page he thought a hen had stepped in the ink and walked across the page and one day I said, could you try and draw that son, are you good at drawing? and his Glasgow pal with typical Glasgow candor said, he's no good at nothing sir he's no good at nothing and I thought, no, that's that's the story of our lives apart from God really we need God you know Um, I'm just writing a story about my brother just then when he was wee he went to the special school and he went in what the Glasgow children call the dafties bus and all that and he, he said to me once in his army career, 17 year army career that saw action in prisoner of war camp and all sorts of things it was a can of petrol exploded when he was fighting the Korean war all over his legs, he was covered in uh, burns sent to Japan for skin graft operations and you would have thought what use is he a big useless man I said to him, he was upset. I said, what's up with you, Jim? He said, I'm a five-star private and I'm going to dock my wages. (laughs) And I said, why are they going to dock your wages? He says, I don't have a third-class education. And uh, he'd been to special school, you see. And I said, what can you not do? Is there something you can't do that they failed you? He says, I can't do fractions. (laughs) And I can't do decimals. 
and he was home on leave and I was a kid, I was 15 years younger than him I said, I'll teach you how to do decimals and fractions and bother and the only letter I ever got from him and I saw the, I saw the bit of paper this week was a letter he wrote and it said Dear George I've passed my third class education <laughs> you know and you know apart from the goodness and grace of God in our lives we're wasters like Mephibosheth and yet here David shows kindness to Mephibosheth that's wonderful so first of all considering oh sorry first of all uh, where's page one <laughs> remembering promises two considering names we're now in a different relationship with God times change and our demands uh, differ but we can experience God's kindness in this case Mephibosheth experienced God's kindness and we can look back in God's life God's dealings with our lives and thank God that we've experienced kindness kindness for Jonathan's sake and it was for God's sake when you spend the whole day in a hospital with a guy for God's day God's sake I will show you kindness there are parallels between David and Jesus great David's greater son well first of all he sought him out is there anybody to whom I can show kindness We're all, he was on the watch he was on the TV he, want, TV he wanted to seek out someone he could serve he sought him out and God is always seeking God Leviticus eh, Luke chapter 15 where the father sought out the son you can imagine the father up every night they come over the hill tonight you know he sought him out and he gave him lifelong provision not just at his table but when you look at it it says Ziba, this guy Ziba in the story was it 15 sons and 20 servants said uh, now Ziba this is in brackets now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants and David made them work for Mephibosheth which was astonishing a lifelong provision what a work party that would be yeah, 15 sons and 20 sermons working in the fields that Jonathan had owned and uh, that was it the third thing he did was well, he sought him out um, he gave him lifelong provision third thing was he raised the standing of Mephibosheth he was like one of the king's sons it tells us in verse 11 so Mephibosheth ate at the king's David's table like one of the king's sons wasn't that wonderful he, rose, he raised his standing um, which was just tremendous um, he was in the, like one of the king's sons he provided daily care it's like a daily lunch ticket <laughs> for these boys God provides daily care 
for those he takes in hand. Isn't that wonderful? He looks after us. And you read the stories of Bernardo and um, that other guy, what's his name? Uh, Muller, Muller. You know how God provided for all the children he looked after. He provided daily care, a daily lunch and a total package of care at the banqueting table and his banner over me is love and that's what God does for us it gives a total package of care and so we experience his kindness in a whole lot of ways in our lives a total package of care he seeks us out, he sought us out it gives us lifelong provision. It raises our status because we're no longer a, a, a hero of shame. We're a hero of a child of God, with his son, with his daughter, of the living God. He provides daily care. He gives us a total package of care. And so, um, that's his kindness. There's a wonderful word in Hebrew. Chesed is chesed. Chesed means it's translated loving kindness in the Revised Standard Version it's translated always steadfast love you know reliable love love you can count on at all times and in all circumstances and the, the, the Old Testament book that highlights it is the prophecy of Hosea and he contrasts the love of Israel towards God with God's love towards Israel and he says this in Hosea 6.4 Your chesed is like the morning dew. In other words, it's temporary, it's evanescent, it passes away quickly. And it just disappears. I always think of the seventh tea at Cullen when I think of chesed. Uh, eight o'clock in the morning there's a mist over Cullen Bay and you're, you're up high it's a par 3 203 yards down the hill uh, through a, there's a burn behind the green and it's just wonderful to be there and when you're there for any length of time here's what happens the sun comes out and the sun raises the mist the mist disappears your chesed is like the morning dew but God's chesed is everlasting at all times and God wants us to experience his kindness let's pray together Lord we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ we thank you that he died for our sins we thank you that he shed his blood for us we thank you that through his mighty Holy Spirit and your word and the confession and help of Christian people we have become his friends and we are friends of God through our Lord Jesus Christ and we pray for your blessing on us we pray Lord that you warm our hearts towards those who need you all around us in this district all around us in Springburn and Kirk and Tillich and now Bishop Briggs we ask you God that you'll reach out and especially use your people here in the witness in Moody'sburn. We pray, Lord, you'll warm our hearts towards those who need you so much and that their lives may be an attractive thing that we might experience God's kindness together with them. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.